The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is uh, 11.05. Yeah, we're right back at it. Pinpoint Health Show is ready to go. Dr. Lou is here and ready to take your phone calls. 416-870-6400. Info at Pinpoint Health. Uh, .ca. How are you, pal? Good, you? From okay. the other room. Yeah, can we're, you guys uh, hear me? Yeah, I, No, I can't hear you. That's why I'm answering. I can read lips. Dr. I Lou. hear you. It's different from being across the rooms here, so yeah. Yeah, you don't have headphones on. That could be part of it. Yeah, well, I can hear you off the speaker. Oh, uh, okay. He's is that, there feedback happening, though, no, or no? No, we're good, pal. All Dr. Right. Uh, Dr. Lou is actually in the studio, so he's here at, uh, at, at uh, 640 headquarters, but we're separated by glass, so it's, uh, it's interesting. Yes, this is the... Unfortunately, the new way that it has to happen. I Um, I think today the Global News wanted me to um, really spend the the show on COVID-19, obviously, and that's what I'm, and I want to thank them for having me here to do that. Um, And so, um, you know, I think we really need to talk about a lot of things, um, specifically how important this is. And if anybody's not taking this seriously, um, that's a big problem, a huge problem. In fact, uh, this is more serious than I think people are appreciating. Um, I think, you know, you see some numbers here in Toronto and in Canada and you, and you think, well, compared to the, uh, the rest of the world, we're in a good position. Uh, but it's just because it started later. The, the numbers will likely end up being the same really? throughout and relatively t- when you, when you consider it relative to population. Um, this isn't a joke. We need to be doing all the things that we should be doing and social distancing um, and making sure that you're doing the simple hygiene things like washing your hands often, cleaning um, surfaces that are frequently touched as much as possible, not touching your face. These are all the things that will help to flatten that curve. Um, And I think that's really important that people realize that that has to happen. We have to flatten that curve. And this, I think, is going to get to a point where we are not necessarily talking about containing this anymore, right? The, and this is, I think, something that people, I think, don't understand. We we are still at a critical point where maybe we might be able to contain it. Okay. But the idea of flattening the curve is really what you're trying to do is distribute the population that would otherwise get this more evenly so you don't create a burden on the healthcare system. So it doesn't necessarily change the overall number of people that will be exposed. What it does do is delay it over a long, longer period of time. That way there is no um, acute spike that would pretty much paralyze the healthcare systems like has happened in some parts of the world. And you can see when that happens, that's really when mortality rate and all those things really skyrocket. If we can flatten that curve and we can, and we can, people can be exposed. And that's the unfortunate reality is people will be exposed. A lot of the population will get this, but if we are in good, um, in a good place in our healthcare system with dealing with this, we will be able to reduce the mortality rate. And that is the key that I don't think people are really appreciating. I think people are thinking that this is something like we're going to do this for a week and next week, you know, we'll just go back to normal life. It's probably not going to be normal life for unfortunately a pretty long time, I have to say. Um, and I think people need to realize that this, that we all have to work together. We all have to do our part. And, you know, I was listening to Greg before I got on and talking about like, you know, the people people on spring break that are on their way back and not really caring or or you've got the old people like Greg said who maybe uh the the uh, have survived so many things that they're not going to let them 
This is not a joke. If you've traveled somewhere, you should be self-quarantining for 14 days, no exceptions. Um, and, and that's just one thing that people need to do if you have any symptoms. Even if you have not traveled, any type of cold or flu-like symptoms, you need to be self-isolating away from people. We just don't know the extent of the community spread yet. Well, and, and the self-isolating uh, self thing is if you are symptomatic or if you have it and you're around family because you have to take care of your family, now your entire family is self-isolating. They, they can't go anywhere either. Yeah, uh, that's what exactly. This isn't. This doesn't just stop. And and the other thing that I think is really important is, I mean, at Pinpoint Health, we've essentially shut down operations by about, I'd say, more than ninety five percent. We've been dealing with some acute and emergency cases that we've had to deal with, but overall, we've essentially stopped. I think another big thing here is that. You know, and, 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 and I think the directive has to come from the governments because I think when you leave it up to businesses, we're in healthcare, so we've had some directive from our respective healthcare colleges mm-hmm. that have given us guidance. Uh, but for um, places, workplaces, and different businesses that don't necessarily respond to a professional regulatory body, I think there needs to be some type of mandate where where this gets shut down for a little. And I think right. if we do that, again, we really start to flatten that curve. We'll probably be able to get to, back to some normalcy of life in, in a shorter period of time. But, you know, a lot of the research that's coming out right now is showing that this might be our life in waves for the next 18 months. Wow, no kidding. Yeah. This is not something, and this is what I mean, people who are not taking this seriously. I've spent the whole week speaking with a lot of different people, and and because I'm in healthcare and I'm, you know, I love doing research and I'm always trying to keep up to date, um, I've looked at everything, and and this this is not a joke. This is something that needs to be taken very, very seriously. We need to do the right things now while our numbers are still low, um, and we need to really slow this down as much as we can. And I think, you know, kudos to the government, everybody at every level, the municipal levels, uh, the provincial levels and the national level and even across the world. What, what's happening is really remarkable. Um, but I think in terms of the local areas that we're in in the southern um, Ontario area. I think it needs to get to the point where everything shuts down. Um, I think that's the only way to do this. We'll take a short break. You have questions for Dr. Lou. This is the hour to bring them on, and we're going to spend the entire hour on COVID-19. So, uh, yeah, you want to, You got something to say, have a question, bring it on, 416-870-6400. Pinpoint Health Show continues, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is almost 11.16 here Saturday morning. Pinpoint Health Show. Dr. Lou is here, albeit uh, separated from glass. We are continuing to do the show and inform you about uh, all the uh, the things you need to know as it relates to COVID-19 and this coronavirus. We will probably, in just a little bit here, be breaking for some comments by uh, Prime Minister Trudeau. He is speaking now. We'll catch up on that and get an update as he's doing this a couple times a day here on, on 640. We'll be taking that broadcast in just a moment. But in the meantime, a lot of, a lot of word, uh, Dr. Liu, has been about uh, you know reflecting on Italy and what they're going through. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if this is still the case, what, the, uh, what people are saying, but a couple of weeks ago it was like, oh, yeah, you got to watch out because they have a top-notch first-world healthcare system. We had a discussion about this a short time ago, and you said it's probably not quite on par with what we're dealing with here. Is that right? In terms of the healthcare system, yeah, 
I mean, you know, I got to tread lightly here. So right. I'm Ita- I, I'm of Italian background, actually, for those who may, may not know. And my dad, um, 12 years ago or 13 years ago, actually suffered a stroke in Italy. Right. Um, and, and I was exposed to the Italian healthcare system um, for, you know, about two to three months while, while my family and I went through all this. And from what I observed at the time, it was definitely substandard. That much I can say. Okay. Um, I have a lot of family in, in Italy still, and I've been speaking with them during this absolute disaster that they're, they're living through right now. And, um, you know, it, it's sort of, it's not all that different than when you consider a place like Canada. I mean, if you get to the big cities like Rome and Milano and all these other places, that, that would be the equivalent of, you know, Toronto, Montreal. But what happens if all of a sudden you and I, John, take a drive, you know, an hour and a half north? Uh, or two hours north. Right. What kind of hospitals may we be getting there? What types of facilities do we have? It's not that they're bad, but they're not going to be the, to the same extent. And the problem with Italy is Italy's a lot of small towns, right? There's many more small little communities than there are these big met- metropolitan centers. And so in the local communities, you're getting those types of things. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily say that it's... Um, it's substandard sure. uh, or di- or all that different, but I think demographically it's different. In speaking to my family from the grassroots, the problem hasn't been with the healthcare system. The problem has been with the population not taking this seriously in the beginning. Yeah. And, and that's my point that I'm trying to make here is we may be at a critical point by doing the same things, by, by not taking it seriously, by still having people think that they can go, you know, be, you know, the, the public health uh, doctor the other day said having people over for dinner is not social distancing. And she's absolutely correct. If you are still taking part in those types of activities where you think just because you're not at work, I'm going to have everybody over my house and I'm going to network and, you know, really have fun with the people that I know because they must be safe. You're just being ignorant. It's ignorant. And, and you should not be doing those things. You should be limiting your household to the people who live in that household. This is because that's the only way to potentially stop the spread. The thing we don't understand about this virus is how much of a transmission it has, even in asymptomatic people. This is the problem. It's very easy if someone is sick to say, well, I'm going to stay away from that individual. Or, or that individual making the conscious choice to say, well, I'm not going to go anywhere. But what happens with people who have it and aren't necessarily sure that they have it yet because they're asymptomatic and they're going to grocery stores, they're going to people's houses, they're doing these things. You are putting people at risk. And, and the idea that the younger population thinks that they're immune from this is absolutely ridiculous. Although the vast majority of cases in, in people under 50 tend to be very mild and, and resolved. That doesn't mean that there's not people out there that are under 50 dying from this and it being fatal. This is not a joke. And those people might be spreading it to the, the people who are most susceptible. Right. right? So this, this cannot be taken lightly. This is a very, very serious virus. It's novel, meaning it's novel because we've never seen it. We don't know it. We don't know what it's doing, how it's reacting. And we are learning more as as the research comes out, and, and that will provide us. But that's why we need to flatten the curve, because that's what buys us the time right. to, pen, to potentially come up with therapeutic interventions, potentially a vaccine. That way, if we're flattening that, we're not getting that acute spike. But we're probably going to have to do waves of flattening this curve over the next 18 months, like I said. That's what the best research is showing right now. 
It is uh, 1120. We'll take a short break. We'll try to get to some of your phone calls in a moment. We are going to, uh, after the break, uh, switch over and get to an update from Prime Minister Trudeau. That is on the way. And we'll take him for a few minutes and then get right back to it here. The Pinpoint Health Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is 1124, right back to the Pinpoint Health Show in a few minutes, but we're going to go live and get some current comments on the COVID-19 situation uh, with the Prime Minister. Good morning, everyone. Bonjour tout le monde. I want to begin by recognizing that even though it's Saturday, There are people across the country who are on the job, whether you're hospital staff or a first responder, a bus driver, excuse me, whether you're hospital staff or a first responder, a bus driver, truck driver, or freight train operator, I know you're working harder than ever right now. So thank you. You're making a real difference for people who need you. I want you to know that we see that and we're standing behind you. Whatever our government can do to support you, to keep you safe, to protect our economy, we're doing everything we can to make it happen. And that includes for northern communities. We're working with partners to reduce travel to northern communities to help protect them from the virus. Today, the Northwest Territories will issue an order to limit non-essential travel into the territory. We support this important step. At the same time, we're focused on ensuring essential goods get to people in these communities. We will continue to work with partners and stakeholders on travel to the north. This past week, we also announced new measures to put more money in people's pockets to get through this uncertain time. This means everything from boosting the Canada Child Benefit to increasing the GST credit to giving people a break from paying back their student loans. We've unveiled a plan to mobilize industry to produce things like masks and ventilators. And to accelerate vital research, $25 million will go to teams across the country working on measures to detect, manage, and reduce the spread of COVID-19. For Canadians who are overseas, we're sending them texts with important information. We've announced new funding to help people borrow up to $5,000 to return to Canada or to cover their needs while waiting to come home. And public servants are working around the clock to help people who are stranded. On that last front, we've continued to make progress in the last few days. Aujourd'hui, j'annonce que notre gouvernement travaille avec des compagnies aériennes canadiennes Listening to uh, Prime Minister Trudeau giving a live update here, federal response to COVID-19 here in the Pinpoint Health Show. We'll continue this for uh, a little bit longer and then get back to your phone calls. So, uh, so stick around. On les permissions et les autres mesures logistiques nécessaires pour prendre les vols. Un premier vol d'Air Canada quittera le Maroc en fin de semaine. On travaille aussi avec d'autres compagnies aériennes pour conclure des ententes similaires. On planifie d'autres vols au cours des prochains jours, potentiellement du Pérou et de l'Espagne, avec d'autres pays qui seront annoncés le plus tôt possible. Plusieurs facteurs sont pris en compte lorsqu'on décide d'où partiront les vols. Par exemple, le nombre de Canadiens dans certains endroits, les fermetures de l'espace aérien ou la situation locale. On ne pourra pas joindre tout le monde, mais on fera tout ce qu'on peut pour aider le plus de gens possible. 
pour que le gouvernement puisse contacter les gens qui ont besoin d'aide le plus rapidement possible, tous ceux qui sont à l'étranger doivent s'inscrire auprès d'Affaires mondiales Canada si ce n'est pas déjà fait. Vous pourriez le faire en ligne à voyage.gc.ca. Les mêmes politiques de santé publique qui, qui s'appliquent aux personnes qui entrent au pays s'appliqueront à ces vols. Tous les passagers à bord de ces vols devront s'isoler pendant 14 jours dès leur retour. Je tiens aussi à rappeler que si vous présentez des symptômes de la COVID-19, vous ne pourrez pas monter dans l'avion. Notre objectif, c'est de protéger votre santé et celle de vos proches. C'est donc primordial que tout le monde fasse sa part. Today, I can announce that we're working with Canadian Airlines to make commercial flights available for as many Canadians who are stranded as possible. We will also be working with other countries to ensure that our airlines have the permissions and other supports necessary to fly. The first flight is leaving Morocco this weekend and is being operated by Air Canada. We're currently working with other airlines on similar arrangements. And there will be more flights from other locations in the coming days. This potentially includes Peru and Spain. Other countries will be announced as soon as possible. As we make these decisions, factors like the number of Canadians there, airspace closures, and the local situation are being taken into account. Now, we won't be able to reach everyone, but we're going to do our best to help those we can. To make sure we can get information to people as quickly as possible, all Canadians overseas should register with Global Affairs Canada if they've not already done so. You can do this by going online to travel.gc.ca. The same public health policies will apply to these flights as to anyone else who's coming into the country. Everyone on these flights has to isolate for 14 days once they're back. I also want to remind everyone that if you're showing symptoms of COVID-19, you won't be able to board. This is about keeping all Canadians safe, so we need everyone to do their part. On that note, I want to recognize the airlines that are working with us to get travelers home and families reunited. I'd especially want to thank the staff, from pilots to air crews, for their professionalism and dedication. During a very difficult time for the industry, when people are worried about their jobs and futures, they're still stepping up to help. This has been a tough week for a lot of Canadians. People are concerned about their health and the economy. And today, on the International Day for the Elimination of Racial Discrimination, let's not forget that people are worried about how fear can fuel racism, too. So let's be kind to each other. And let's stand up against discrimination wherever you see it. In the days and weeks ahead, as we continue to feel the impacts of this virus, it will be more important than ever to fight against fear, misinformation, and stigma. We must continue to pull together. Because in times of need, our strength is defined by how we care for each other, as neighbors, as communities, and as a country. Même pendant la fin de semaine, Listening to uh, Prime Minister Trudeau give a uh, update on the response to COVID-19 here. We'll take a short break in the Pinpoint Health Show and either come back with more of that or back into the show right here on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. 
The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is 11.33. Just had some comments on there by the uh, the Prime Minister. Jordan in the uh, 640 Toronto newsroom will have an update at the uh, top of the hour in that regard. Uh, but we are spending the remainder of this hour on the Pinpoint Health Show with Dr. Lou talking about COVID-19 and your concerns. Uh, Remo, thanks for hanging on through that fella. How are you this morning? Yeah, I'm all right. How are you? Good, pal. What's uh, what's your concern? Well, I just you know, like I live in Whippy, and I just seen that a lot of a lot of places are still open. You know, like I just recently, like my boss where I work, I, I'm a mechanic. I work at an automotive business, and we shut down. Next week, we're going to be closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's just getting you know too hectic. You know, I don't know if it's if it's because you know you feel like you're always touching things, but I just don't understand why people are still. I, I think eventually, do you, my question is, do you think everything is going to shut down? Yes, I do think everything will eventually shut down because we'll we'll start to see that, um, you know, we're, we're just going to need to do more and more um, social distancing in, in the weeks to come in order to really combat this. And especially non-essential sh- services will probably be shut down. So, I mean, it's good on the... Um, the businesses that have made the choice themselves um, with some directive, but I think at some point there will actually be government-led directive. I mean, you look at a country like Italy, right? Like 67 million people um, are in their homes right now. Businesses are closed. They The only essential things that are open are things for, related to supply chain for grocery stores so that people can still live, which, by the way, in speaking with my cousins in Italy, there's no shortage of food or anything. Right. So the people that are here hoarding the grocery stores and, you know, sad things like my wife, we have, we have a 13-month-old baby, and she went to go grab, you know, just in case we needed it, uh, Tylenol. And it was all sold out, yep. all gone. Yep. Like the people that are doing these things, it's disgusting. And and I hope that, down. I hope you're yeah. listening. And I try always to be very professional. But if you're one of those people that's overreacting and taking away from the people that probably need it, then shame on you. We should all be doing our parts. We're only going to get this through this together by helping one another and taking every single last thing in the grocery store for yourself only potentially protects you and. And it's not it's it's crazy, but anyways, back to your your question. Yeah, I do think eventually things will probably, um, as this progresses, need to be shut down. You know, if I was in charge of these things, I have to be honest. I think two weeks ago I would have done yeah. it anyways and said we're going to do this for thirty days before it gets out of hand, and then in thirty days we might be able to go back. To, and you know, it would have been hard for people to digest. Uh, and maybe this is that approach. You know, this might be the approach of let's pull the bandaid off slowly instead of rip it off, but. I would have ripped it right off two weeks ago and yeah. said enough is enough. You know, my family and I, we were set to, to travel um, this week for March break. And I canceled about two Me weeks too. ago because I saw that this was happening. And I said, no, 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 this this is not going the right way. This is only getting worse. Um, and there's there's spread across the world now. This isn't contained to a few places. This is, this is something more serious. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yep. Thank you for your call. Thanks for remote saying my wife keeps sending me pictures of Cancun. We're supposed to be there right now. Yeah, we were no. we were supposed to be in Florida. <laughs> right. we, yeah, I mean, and and it's crazy. Some people that I know still went. Yeah. Some people still went, and and you know whatever it is what it is at this point. But I, you know, we we were listening to the prime minister. If you are coming home, if you know someone, this this is this doesn't just fall. 
you know, I think it's up to everybody to encourage your friends, your family members, that if you know that they've come back from somewhere, encourage them to stay home to do the right thing, right? Because I guess sometimes when you think it's your own family member or when it's your friend, you don't want to be as hard on them, right? Because it's always easier to be hard on a stranger than it is the people that you care about the most. But you know what? If we all do our part and we're hard on the people that that need to be the hardest on, we're going to save their lives. My mom is 70 years old and has COPD. And I've told her for the last three weeks, in the last three weeks, she has not left the house. Damn and I'm not man. allowing her to leave the house. It's that Those are the drastic things that we need to do in this time. Everybody, as a society, if we do these things, we will likely get through it. We will likely flatten the curve. We'll be able to mitigate a lot of the problems. And we'll be able, at some point, to get back to normal life. If we don't do that and you're selfish, then guess what? You're selfless. You being selfish is just going to ruin it for the rest of us. Trying to get uh, John in here before we break. John, thanks for hanging on. Good morning. How are you? Very good. How are you? Hey, good. John. Uh, what's uh, what's on your mind? Uh, okay. Uh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so what I want to ask is this. Okay, construction companies, they're still open. Yep. Uh, I'm still going to work today, scratching my head. I really want to be there. I see it in the eyes of so many people. Yeah. I mean, so you hear this lawyer today on TV talking about there's going to be all kinds of lawsuits because people are getting laid off. What about the severance that should be paid out, this mm-hmm. and that? I mean, shouldn't we just be staying home, take a couple of weeks, breathe, and come back? I mean, a hundred percent. Do these laws are these laws going to apply in this type of situation? I mean, I, I'm not a lawyer, so that's a hard question yeah. for me. What I could tell you exactly. is, I know the law is that if there's legislation that protects every worker, that if you feel unsafe and you don't want to go, this would constitute as that. You know, in terms of the severance and all that other stuff, you've. I think there has to be common sense in this for everybody, not just for workers. The uh, workers are not going to be the only people suffering. Business owners sure. are going to suffer too, right? And and they're not doing this because they want to do this or they've done something stupid that has led to the decline of their business. Um, this this is a two way street, and I think as workers, as employees, and employers, you guys, go, everyone's going to have to work together to this. And I think the idea of suing one another in the coming months is is absolutely ridiculous. Because because, I mean, nobody wants this to go the way it's going. Right. Um, and, sure. you know, it's not its not easy. I'm a business owner myself. It's not easy to say, oh, well, just keep paying everybody if there's no money being made, right? So the government, this is where the government has to step in to the business owners too and say, here's what we're going to do for businesses so that you don't have to lay people off. And that directive has not been clearly set out yet. I mean, here's another thing just for your consideration. The vast majority of people that work with me are healthcare professionals, which means most of them are subcontractors or independent contractors. These people only get paid when they work, and right now we are off. Right. These people are not working. This isn't just um, you know people that have a, a paycheck every two weeks. Everybody is being affected from this, and, and I don't care if you're in an industry right now where you think, oh, thankfully I'm not being affected. It's just a matter of time. That's it right. is coming for every single industry because this, this, the economic consequences of what are happening right now are going to be tremendous if, again, we don't do the right things. I'm going off on a tangent on your question john my my answer to you is if you feel unsafe you have constitutional rights to stay home anyways and i do agree that business owners should be doing the right things telling people to stay home 
if layoffs happen and people want to be suing for severance and things like that, I think the courts are going to look at this in, in a very particular way. This isn't this is not going to be the same idea as getting laid off if someone laid you off, you know, four months ago for no reason. This is going to affect everybody in the whole world. And so um I don't think that does any great things either going forward. I think I think the employees need to also understand what the business owners are potentially going to go through. Some businesses may not even make it through this, right? Like some businesses will go under because of, of how bad this could potentially be. 416-870-6400. That is the number you have concerns of your own or a family member when it comes to COVID-19. That's why the Pinpoint Health Show is here until 12 o'clock. Bring them on. We'll get to more of your calls after a short break right here on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You bet. It's 11.45, of course, focusing on COVID-19, this show, and possibly subsequent shows with Dr. Lou for sure. 416-870-6400 is the number to call through before we get to Antonio. You know, just we, we were talking between the glass, uh, Dr. Lou, and, you know, there, there, was, there was some asinine thing going out on Instagram the other day, and people were posting about, you know, squeezing lemon into hot water, and, you know, we can cure this vaccine with echinacea, good good vibes and vitamin C. It's just Don't absolute. get me started. Don't you know? And I and I, I sent you this Do meme not, the other day, yeah. and you loved it. It's you know, it's and it's not even tongue in cheek. It simply says anti vaxxers currently getting a free demo of a vaccine free world. One hundred percent. I um, earlier in the week uh, um, on the Jeff MacArthur show, which he was he's in self isolation, yep. but they uh, they contacted me to comment exactly on this. And number one, the myths going around this for everybody listening out there. You go get your information from the World Health Organization, from the Government of Canada, from the CDC, from reputable places. Do not listen to individuals on social media that are saying anything different from what these agencies are telling you. Because if they are, they're lying to you. They're trying to profit out of fear. And it's likely extremely dangerous. It is absolutely ridiculous. I've seen some things, and and you know what? Anybody out there that is not following me on social media, you should be, because I'm making people aware of these BS things that are out there. I'm posting it, and I want people to know that I've seen some ridiculous things from allied healthcare professionals. Most people that listen to this show know that I am a chiropractor. I have a team of all kinds of healthcare professionals, from physicians to other chiropractors to physiotherapists to naturopaths, and none of the people that I work with and none of the people that have any respect are saying anything different than those organizations but in the world for some reason there seems to be a handful specifically of these allied healthcare professionals and i don't even want to use that term for them because what they're doing is wrong and they're not allied they are being dangerous and following these types of people is extremely dangerous and it's just a farce and it's only to profit off of people's fears that stuff does not work do not buy into the bs of this stuff and it should be an example because these are the same people that promote that anti-vaccination type of message and you're right john this is the world getting a dose of what it would be like if we didn't have vaccines we've created the luxury i'll say that very clearly we have created the luxury as a society 
for people to take for granted what we have achieved over the last 150 years in healthcare in terms of sanitization, vaccinations that have saved millions and millions of people. And we take that for granted. And finally, people are seeing why this is so important, because I guarantee you when they're when they get the vaccine ready for this, everybody's lining up. Everybody. 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400. Antonio, you got a comment? What's up, pal? Well, the thing, the problem that I have is that these government officials that go on radio and they're saying, you know, we shouldn't congregate with one another. We mm-hmm. should yeah. stay away from one another, this and that. Don't they drive around in the city? Are they, like, cocooned in their offices and don't see what's going on? You drive on the road and you see construction workers using the same porta potty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The other day right. I just went out to get some essential needs that I need. Uh, for my family, like uh, Tylenol and whatever else I need for my kids and whatnot. And they're all congregating with one another, having coffee, talking to one another like it's a regular friggin' day. Yeah. You, and, uh, hey, I, I, Antonio, I 100% agree with you. Walking into the station right now, there's construction workers outside of Chorus working, and I thought the exact same thing that it's... And, these, and, you, and you know what you said there? That's the part that I thought of. Yeah, when you're up on the structure and it's open air, that might not be dangerous, but everybody's going to the exact same washroom or porta potty. Everybody's going to the same local place to have a meal, uh, to take a break. You're absolutely right. It is ridiculous that this stuff is still happening. We need to nip it in the butt right now. Because yeah. if we do that, we'll get through this much, much sooner. Otherwise, all we're doing is delaying the inevitable. And and you know what? Everybody's saying the same thing. This is this. You've said it. Two other callers have said it. Other people on the stations have said it. Everybody's saying it. You're absolutely right. Everybody needs to step up and do the right things to to isolate, to to social distance in every capacity. And that includes these these uh, companies out there that still aren't doing that. I I agree with you 100. percent We'll take a, a short break into more of your calls here. Still got a few minutes to go. We're uh, nailing that message home, man, as it needs to be right between your ears. 416-870-6400. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is 11.52 here, last few minutes of the show. You know, it's it's. I think a lot of the reason, uh, Dr. Lou, people are, are relying on the fact or they believe the fact that, hey, you know what, this this virus is bad, it's spreading. But for the most part, it's, it's, it's not fatal. People are getting sick and getting over it. But again, I, I point to yeah. a meme that I shared with you the <laughs> other day and it's, it, it's, it shows a bowl of Skittles and it says... There's a 3% fatality rate with yeah. this virus. So if I put 100 Skittles in a bowl and I tell you three of those will kill you, are you going to take a Skittle? Yeah. And, no, and And the one thing that I tell everybody, number one, there's been people, um, I believe in China, as young as 14 years old. I think just recently in Spain, there was a 20-year-old. Um, you know, stats are stats until you're the statistic. Right. Or someone you love is the t- statistic. That That's the thing that doesn't matter, right? That's the thing that everybody should think about, that you don't know. We don't know how this reacts. There's something saying maybe it reacts more with people with certain blood types. Like, there's tons of research going on. We don't know, so we can't take that risk. So, again, it's absolutely ridiculous if people think just because they're young that they're invincible towards this. You really want to take that chance? I, I mean, that to me is crazy. You want to take that chance? It, it, you you will regret it when you are the statistic. Get to Sasha. Hi, Sasha. Thanks for hanging on. How are you? Uh, stressed out like everybody else. Yeah. But I have a question. Yeah. 
Okay, um, let's say PMR, polymyalgia rheumatica, yep. the autoimmune disorder. Yes. How would somebody who has something like that or rheumatoid arthritis be affected with this sort of a flu? And moving forward, if they do come up with a vaccine, can someone with PMR or rheumatoid arthritis take a vaccine? Yeah, so I mean, the answers to the second part is unknown because they're not even at a vaccine yet, right? So that's that's all unknown. In terms of the first part of your question, it's the same. When you look at the statistics out of one of the biggest studies around this that came out of China, um, most people that this ended up being very severe for had some type of underlying health condition. So it, it doesn't really matter what that underlying health right. condition is. Something like polymyalgia rheumatic or any other autoimmune disease, you mentioned rheumatoid arthritis, are underlying health conditions. So again, this is the reason why we need to stop the spread. This is also the reason why probably some young people are, are more susceptible because if there is some type of underlying health condition like that, these are the people that this is most dangerous for. And so in terms of the specifics to your answer, we don't have them. Um, what I can tell you is that we all, again, I, I keep saying this and I'm and I hope people are getting sick and tired of me saying it because it means that they might be hearing it. We all need to be doing our part to socially distance. That way we are protecting everybody that is most susceptible to this. You know, I heard and I can't remember who the doctor was that said this the other day on TV said when they say underlying condition, that doesn't mean that you're just sick with something else. That can be the fact that you're a 40 year smoker. They'll consider that an underlying condition 100%. because you're weak. You may not have a, a they, diabetes, They've already but. looked at that and smoking is one of those things. In right. fact, in Italy, um, one of the things that they noticed is that a lot of people that have unfortunately had very severe disease have what's known as controlled hypertension, which means they're on medication mm -hmm. for hypertension. Other, we would otherwise, in an elderly individual that has controlled hypertension, say that they're healthy, but that's an underlying condition, even something as benign as slightly elevated hypertension. So wow. this is potentially dangerous and even some very mild... See, people think underlying condition means something really severe. Right. No, this could be any underlying health condition. Get to uh, Chris quickly. Chris, you only got a couple minutes. How are you, pal? Good. How are you? Good. What's uh, what's your comment? Uh, I was just um, saying that I was hearing some guys kind of talk about the construction sites in your chorus, yep. and uh, I'm uh, one of them. I work at the LCBO Tower right now, uh, which is right beside Chorus. Mm -hmm. and, um, there's lots of enclosed space over there, right? There's the basement, the parking lot, there's right. some windows that are up already, and. Uh, Last week, we had a little bit of meeting with our with that company, and they came up with a protocol for the workers to uh, wash down and sanitize their tools after each shift and, have, and that kind of stuff. It was a great idea, right? But the problem is they didn't so have what's, enough. So what's the point? Let's get to it because we don't have a lot of time, and I want to finish off with some thoughts. Um, basically, I just want to – I decided to stay home and uh, uh, and stay home and not That's work. the right choice. Good. Is still going on and Monday yeah. around the corner. I mean, I don't control the construction right sites, but I think at some point the government will need to step in. Yeah, I mean, so so the theme of this show, again, was all about COVID-19, what we all could be doing. I will reiterate once again, social distancing is probably the most important thing that we can all be doing. Social distancing doesn't mean have parties at home with your friends and family. It means be at home 
if someone doesn't live in your house, they should not be at your house. That's social distancing. Right. And even within the house, if you have two, a lot of people that live within your own home, try to keep as far away in terms of getting to different areas. If some, if an individual in that home is sick for whatever reason, they should become even more isolated. Whether that means staying in a particular room, using a certain washroom, uh, you know, and, and trying to mitigate all of those things as much as possible. Wash your hands as frequently as possible. Remember, hand sanitizer. We also have soap and water it's much better yes. so if you're at home you don't need hand sanitizer stop wasting it because people in the healthcare professions need that when they don't have hand uh, washing stations available to them so if you're at home wash your hands stop using hand sanitizer at home and keep doing all these things okay and one last thing quickly before we go i know we're cutting short on time Although Pinpoint Health is closed, we understand that people still have pain and injury problems. Right now, what we are doing, free teleconferences and free telephone calls and free video calling with anybody that needs any type of management, it's not going to cost you anything. We're doing that purely to try to provide a service for anybody suffering with any type of pain or injury. one 855 doctor Lou, reach out in Pinpoint Health on social as well. Good stuff. Be safe. Stay away from everyone, and we'll see you here next weekend on the Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.